dating, marriage, and divorce conversations, where we analyze, navigate, and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meisterman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another show. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is intriguing, complicated, and also very dear to my heart. Many times when I meet with couples, inevitably, the following question comes up. Now, before I lay out the question for you, just so you could appreciate the background of the question, so the question would make sense, the following things takes place when a couple comes in and they start exploring their relationship. A lot of awareness begins to form regarding the relationship and how each of the partners experiences himself and herself and experiences the relationship as well. And inevitably, there are certain revelations that are taking place. There are certain realizations that unfold. And a very common question that comes up for couples, or, or certainly one of the partners, and that inevitably winds up asking me is as follows. Did I marry the wrong person? Am I in a relationship with the wrong person? That's a very natural question. It's a very healthy question because it's reflecting the fact that the person is really thinking. person is really exploring for themselves, where am I and where do I fit in the dynamic with my spouse? Now, of course, the, the answer is going to be very compl- complex and not simple to address by any stretch of imagination. And therefore, I don't mean to um, present here that I have all the answers and I know exactly what, what unfolds in the heavens. However, as a religious person, um, I take, I give myself liberty to take the time um, to occasionally answer questions like these to my best knowledge and in my humble opinion. Of course, I reserve the right to be wrong. And in my opinion, the way I usually try to explain to couples like this, the fact that you're realizing that you might be with the wrong person is not in itself an indication you're with the wrong person. What it is indicative of is the tremendous amount of development that you are allowing to unfold in your own life. Because to come to a place where to think about a question like that, that requires strength, that requires humility, that requires open-mindedness. And if you don't possess these qualities, you would never come, come on to a question like that. So in other words, question is very much a reflection of where we are. And if we have no questions, well, I'll leave to your imagination where you are. But in a dynamic relationship of couples, especially romantic relationships, it is a very normal thing that we're going to ask a question like that. Am I with the right person? And certainly you're going to ask that question if you sit down to do some relational work and you start all of a sudden identifying and zooming in, honing in on where are exactly are we incompatible? Where are, are we exactly not such a good match or are just not generating good momentum? And I think any couple of their really honest are going to be able to acknowledge and recognize that they have areas in their lives where they're not a perfect match. They're not in sync with each other in a, you know, easy flowing, intuitive way. And in those places is precisely where couples pause and all of a sudden start saying, maybe we're not a match. <clears throat> maybe we're not compatible. And this is where I feel some deeper thinking is required and openness from the the couple or the receiving partners who I'm involved with. And so a conversation for me went as follows. One of the, one of the parties reached out to me uh, last week and, and basically presented this scenario to me that they were giving some thought to the things that were happening in our sessions as I was coaching them. 
And um, this person was coming to a conclusion or realization rather that what if I made a mistake and I married the wrong person? And we proceeded to get involved in a really, really fascinating conversation and a conversation that was so um, invigorating for me and was such a source of strength for me that I felt that it was really worthwhile to share with my listening audience as I will not be surprised that if this spouse shared with me that this is what they're going through, very likely other people are going through this as well. And therefore, it was worthwhile to share with a broader audience the answer I provided. Um, so let's start with the following premise. God runs the world. And in the way he runs that world, one of the things that he does is he arranges relationships. According to the Talmud, God decides before we were born already who was going to be the right partner for us. And as a result of that, we go into infancy and then adolescence and then adulthood um, thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm looking, I'm seeking out, I'm looking for a partner and, you know, I have a game plan. I'm, I'm hoping to get married, start a family, etc. Now, how did we go through the selective process of finding the right mate? So, right, in the Western world, obviously, the answer is going to be it's what felt right, felt good. We felt the click, we felt connection. But from religious standpoint, especially something like a religious Jew Jewish standpoint, um, the answer is not going to be like that. The answer is going to be is we went on a few dates. We were looking for compatibility factors. We saw that we got along or we had, we, we felt chemistry. There was attraction. And so we got married. But the reality is, is that whether you date for a month, for one month, or you date for a decade before you get married, unless we are constantly working on ourselves, especially in the realm of awareness, and we are coming to terms with who we are, who we're not, uh, what are we trying to be, what are we trying to avoid? If we're not doing that work, then inevitably, big decisions in life, what profession I choose, who I marry, where do I live, very much happen by a certain blinding process. And when I say blinding, what I mean by that is, it's not that I look at the world with open eyes and I say, okay, um, I need to marry somebody and here's my compatibility factors, so I'm going to just seek out this person. What tends to happen is we actually go in very blinded, blinded, and the way we do that is we, we just seek out a partner, and if there is a that invisible um, checklist that works out where I, I do feel connection, I do feel uh, a draw, a pull, that, that's probably a better word. Like, there's a gravitational pull that I'm experiencing towards this person. And so I'd like to pursue them. That's how we tend to make decisions. Now, Mago, Mago therapy, which is what I practice in, would tell you, and I, this is where I find that it, it is very much compatible with a religious standpoint, is that Mago will tell you, you are not marrying the wrong person. In fact, the person you marry is precisely the person who you need in order to be able to work through whatever issues you have in your own life. See, what happens is, is that the people we are drawn to, people we're attracted to, are actually a result of the way God programmed us to seek out those connections. There's a reason why when you sit down with two people to have a conversation, and you could have two identical conversations, but with person one, there is vitality and vibrancy and a, a good feeling um, and a certain energy that's generated. And with the second person, you're falling asleep 10 seconds into the conversation, even when the content of the conversations are identical or very near to it. And the question is, is why? Why does that happen to us? And part of the answer Mago will tell you is that we have this thing called childhood wounds. We're all wounded because none of us are perfect and our parents are not perfect. And if our parents are not perfect, that also would mean that they didn't per 
parent us perfectly, and therefore we all grow up with wounds. Maybe my parents were too overbearing. We call them helicopter parents. Maybe my parents were absent. They just weren't involved in my life. And I suffer from absentee parent syndrome. I just, I just made up that term. And whichever, whichever way you go on the spectrum, whether a parent was involved too much, a parent was not involved enough, those things leave impressions on our personality and our psyche. And it forms us even during our adult years. And therefore, when I become an adult and I think I'm now big and strong and I have a job and I can pay rent, I know how to make good decisions in the realm of romantic life. But the reality is it's not true. It's the furthest from the truth. Because unless you've done some own work on oneself, then you don't really know, you don't have a grasp on why you tick the way you do. Why it is that you seek out specific type of a person, specific type of a relationship partner. All I know is that, right, how do people talk? It's, well, I like this type and I don't like this type. There's a type. But the reality is, is that if you go one step further, it's not really the type of the girl. It's really what type am I? Because I am going through a selection process through this internal lens of my own mind. And there's a reason why and how I go through that process. And that process is very much connected to what transpired when I was a kid. And so uh, when a couple inevitably starts asking me and say, well, maybe I married the wrong person. You know, the way I would like, I like to tackle this issue, the way I address it with them is I say that first I tell them is 99% of the time we did marry exactly who we are supposed to marry. Are there exceptions? Are there, is there such thing as just a wrong match? Yes, absolutely. But overwhelming percent of people, they are marrying the right person. So, so then you can ask me Davis question, but it doesn't feel that way. I don't feel I'm married to the right person. In fact, I feel I made a mistake. And to that, the answer that I would give is that's because you never really met your partner and you never really met yourself. Okay, now you may wonder, what does that mean? What do you mean I haven't really met myself? I, I look in the mirror every day. I, I get dressed every day. I'm very aware of myself. The answer is, though, no. If the subconscious parts of our decision-making process are not properly and adequately explored, then we don't really have a grasp and handle on how we go about decisions. And so it would make sense that I might be in conversation with my spouse and experience myself from a place of lack of compatibility, lack of understanding, lack of compassion. Or, you know, as as people like to say, um, you don't really get me. I don't feel you really enter my world. Right? When those things happen, those are the moments that we feel in certain ways that are defining us. Because wait a second, if I'm married to somebody or I'm in a serious relationship with somebody and they don't really get me, that's the most painful, disconnecting thing that could happen to me. Because I want to be with somebody with whom I feel connection. I feel engaged. I feel closeness. And if you don't really get me, then I'm not going to feel that closeness. But now, the, the way the religious aspect came into the conversation with this particular couple that I was working with was in the following way. When, when um, one of the partners said to me that they felt like they have moments of thought or maybe I married the wrong person, to which I gave the following answer, that it's most likely furthest from the truth. Not only furthest, it's actually exactly the other way around. Now, at that point, I had totally their attention and they were really, really fascinating, curious to now hear where I was going to take them. And I took them on the following intellectual journey, if you will, that I would love to share with all of you now. I explained to them, you see, here's really what goes on. When you were dating each other, you had a certain mindset. That mindset was informed by your upbringing and by your childhood wounds. And God wanted it to be that you were in that quote-unquote state of blindness, meaning you couldn't see anything other than that perspective. 
And yes, while it may be true, you could say to yourself, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I would have never married her. I would have never married him. But that is just it. That is exactly the point. And that's what everybody gets so wrong. If you would have known what you know now, yeah, you wouldn't marry them. But did you ever ask yourself the other way around? Why didn't I know then what I know now? And the answer is, is because God did not want you to know those things. Because if you did, you wouldn't have married your soulmate. And God wanted you to marry your soulmate. And by the way, just for spoiler alert, um, soulmate does not mean life is perfect. Soulmate means it's the person with whom our souls have to be so intertwined through all the work we're going to put in that we feel like we become one. There's a certain oneness that we experience, but it's not experienced through putting the car into an autopilot and then we just wait till we get there. The oneness is a result of hard work, real sweat, blood and tears, real effort to be understood and real effort to understand the other. That is hard work to traverse that divide between you and me, between our worlds. That is a massive undertaking. And that is something that will take a lot of work. And therefore, I told this couple, you know, imagine switching your mindset from, oh, I might have married the wrong person. And all of the feelings that come with that, the feeling of disappointment and frustration and pain. And instead of say, oh my gosh, now I get it. I married exactly who I'm supposed to marry. God wanted me to marry this person. And the events were orchestrated in such a way to help set it up so that I would be pursuing this person. And through this person, all the suffering and struggle that we go through, we're meant to go through because that is the vehicle through which I am meant to fix myself of help and service to my spouse and then ultimately become a more complete, worked out person. That all of that journey of working on myself and, and getting through things and, and fixing myself up, that journey could only have taken place precisely with this partner. And any other partner would have never allowed me to really go through the journey the way I need to. So God orchestrated in his infinite kindness to do exactly, provide me exactly with the circumstances in which I can do what I need to do for my relationship and for myself. And therefore now I could feel inside that I'm going to make certain peace that as I go through this journey of self-development and relationship coaching, and as I work on my relationship, and the more I identify flaws and problems and issues, I won't say to myself, I can't believe it. How did I not see all of this? And oh my gosh, I married the wrong person. And instead I'm going to say, that's amazing. All of these qualities that are possessed by my partner or my spouse were actually provided there by God as an opportunity for me to continue to be able to work on myself. And so when I um, encounter those things that pose a challenge to me, that make my blood boil, as people like to tell me, uh, get me frustrated, make me upset, as any of those things are going through me, I'm able to now pause with my mind and say, you know what? None of that stuff is coming from a place of um, malice and intentional harming. What's happening is, is that it's two people who are not worked out, who have now encountered each other, and there was still within of them enough built in a honing device to identify who the right person is to, to cling onto. And that's why Harville Hendricks, in his book, Keeping the Love You Find, when he talks about um, the you know building blocks of the relationship, from the Imago theory standpoint, he basically says that if initially, how do we engage relationships? There's a certain amount of infatuation and romanticizing. Then the relationship transitions after the romantic period is over 
into a power struggle. And all of a sudden, exactly the things that were attractive about you before now become the bane of my existence. Precisely the things that drive me crazy, get me frustrated. And then this is the tricky part. That's where couples decide. And unfortunately, according to statistics in America, uh, uh, over 70% to be precise, decide to end the relationship. It's too painful. It's too much. He doesn't get me. She doesn't get me. It's over. Well, what do the other 30% do? So according to Harville Hendricks, what they can do, they should do, and hopefully they do, is they can have a chance to transition their relationship out of this phase called power struggle into a new phase of true romantic relationship connection. And that can only be done through the dialogue, through working through the connection, identifying where am I wrong, where are you wrong, and providing safe space within which that connection can be healed, worked out, so that we could build a true romantic, long-lasting relationship. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.com.